Welcome to The Marissa Morrison Show, where you'll discover your inner power to create the life you desire. I'm Marissa, and I began my business as a 19-year-old, single mom, broke, and in college. Today, I run a seven-figure business that teaches entrepreneurs how they can have it all without the frustration and overwhelm. Abundance, peace, joy, and overflowing love are available to you. And I'm here to show you the way to a richer, more vibrant life that radiates into your business, bringing you higher profits and profound fulfillment. You see, when you connect with the miracle that is you, you become an unstoppable force that doesn't need to push for success. Consider this an invitation to step into a new world of possibilities, empowering perspectives, and radical breakthroughs. Buckle up and get ready to see the world around you in an entirely new light. This is your life, and you don't need to wait to experience your dreams. It all starts now. So here I was facing the decision of giving up my child for adoption or facing teen pregnancy and becoming a mother at the age of 18. We're picking up my story back in chapter five, where I am just finding out that I'm pregnant. I was 17 years old when I got my positive pregnancy test. I was shocked. And for me, this experience had a duality to it. It was both exciting, what little girl doesn't dream of being a mother, but it was also scary and shameful and in a way reaffirmed everything my dad had told me growing up, that I would never amount to much, that I would not be successful, that I wasn't good enough. And even though, as I shared in the last chapter, that I went through this season of forgiveness with my father and began to see that, hey, maybe he said those things because he was trying to push me to better things, these were beliefs within my being. And it's so interesting to see that something that a hundred years ago or 200 years, being 17 years old, becoming pregnant was not a bad thing. But because of the society and time and history and my parents, the upbringing that I had, the people in my life, this was a bad thing. It meant that I was whatever you want to call it. For me, perhaps I thought of myself as a whorelet or a slut or easy or not right with God, or I was going to have a bastard child. All these things that are labels that can come up in my mind were certainly popping in and showing their heads and challenging me on my own self-worth. So this experience of finding out I was pregnant was both beautiful, but also full of degrading my own self-worth and validating the smallness of my story. And that is what I faced. I was 17 years old, and I remember sitting down to tell my parents, later sitting down to tell all of my siblings, and they all looked at me and said, you know, well, maybe you should really consider having an adoption or abortion. And I just, in my soul, I knew that was never an option. There was no way that that was going to happen. I mean, this was my child. I I never perceived that to be an option for me. And I felt offended that they would even bring me such a ludicrous idea. 
And so I was appalled that they would bring that to me. And I remember them looking at me and my boyfriend at the time. And we were like, okay, well, we're going to get married. I'm 17. He was 19. I'm going to have a kid. So like the right thing to do according to my religion is to get married. That just seemed like the obvious next step. But my siblings being older, as you know, at this time they were, let's see, like 40s, 50s. I was, you know, 17. And so they were guiding me to say, hey, I don't know if you're going to be with this guy forever. Is he really who you want to be with? He was sitting right there too. And as a matter of fact, and I was like, yes, of course, I love him. How could I not? You know, if you've ever been a teenager, which you likely have, and you've ever had your first love, of course, you think it's forever. And now that I was pregnant, it's like the happy ever after. Of course, it's going to be forever. Like, how could it not be? And furthermore, in order for me to be accepted and my child to be accepted, I'm going to do the things I need to do to be made right with God and to be made right with you, my family and society, and to fit into this picture of success and motherhood and being what I'm supposed to be. And so I even remember that day whenever we were sitting down with my siblings and things, and I left the room. I was like walking outside, and I was like, my dad called, and he was like, you need to go back in there. I remember having this this actual beautiful conversation with him, and it was just a moment of all the hiding that I had done, all of the lies that I had told myself. It was as if now— I had to sit in front of these people and defend my self-worth and defend my goodness within me. And the only reason, if I'm being honest with you, yes, I had this rose-colored glasses on where I was looking at my boyfriend thinking, okay, this is the one. But really, the only reason I actually got married was because that is what I thought I had to do. It was what I had to do to fit in. So I followed through with that decision. I followed through with that commitment to be made right. And so from there, I was going to that private school I shared with you guys before. And I was going in 12th grade. And I remember speaking with the principal and my mom speaking with the principal. And we were under the assumption that I was going to get to go to school. So I went through the whole process of buying clothes, the uniform, and making sure that it would fit my growing belly. The shirt had to be tucked in, so I got like these shirts that had the bands on them at the bottom. And I was totally prepared to go to school, I thought for sure, until I show up for the first day and I'm sitting with the principal and he's telling me, actually, this school is a a K through 12 and we're a Christian school and we can't have you here on the property. What we meant was you can take the classes online. Really at that time, it wasn't online. It was actually like, we'll give you the assignments. You do the work from the book and you can email the teachers if you have questions. And that was a huge shock to me. And I'm like, okay, well, that's not going to work. You know, remember I was 
ADD, rambunctious, all over the place, really didn't make that good of grades in class at this time in my life. And I'm like, well, then I need to figure something else out. And so from there, I went on to a public school. We got a single wide trailer that we lived in with his mom. His mom moved with us. And I was living there. You know, remember I got emancipated. In October is my birthday. So for the first few months of the school year, I was 17, shortly after turning 18, and living this adult life, married, pregnant, going to high school. <laughs> and I remember sitting in the car with my belly, going to this public school, and I would say, all right, Micah, here we go. And I would rub my belly and we would go to school. It was me and Micah, me and my baby, you know? And I would sing to my belly and I would talk to my child that was in my womb. And I had this very special connection to the life that was growing within me. And there were times where because of pregnancy, I didn't feel good. I didn't have anyone there to make sure that I went to school. And I missed, I think, by January of that year, which he was born in January, middle of school. He was born January 17th. But I had missed about 18 days of school. And so before I had him, I made the decision to get my GED. I think it stands for General Education Diploma. And at that point, that meant, oh boy, if I'm ever going to be successful, I definitely have to get a college degree now because who's ever going to want me or whatever am I going to do that's successful or makes any difference if all I have is a GD? I remember having those thoughts. And so I went on with my life and, you know, I remember going into labor and I also remember thinking that I was definitely going to have a natural birth and that I was not going to have an epidural. And oh my goodness, let me just tell you, as soon as my water broke, I was like, never mind, come on, epidural, I can't do this. So I did have an epidural that go around. And from there, I remember him being born at 207, January 17th. And my family was there. Everyone was happy. All of the disappointment or how could you do this? Do you know how much this is going to change your life? Those conversations were no longer there. There was just joy for this new life, this new being that came into our experience. And I remember holding him, thinking to myself, how could this be bad? Why did I ever feel like I made a mistake? How could this be a mistake? Everything that I thought I knew about myself and the experience, my age, all of it was transformed in that moment. It no longer meant the same to me. Everything that I went through now had a meaning because he was here. And so I started college. I did, as you know, love music, singing, playing instruments, writing music. I originally was going to go to college for that, and I let go of that. So that was a second passion that I let go of when I was younger. I wanted to go to the Olympics for swimming, as you know, and then I developed this passion for music and wanted to continue that as my profession. And so now that I had a child, it meant that the luxury of passions in my mind 
didn't matter. I needed to make sure that I could provide for my family. So then I went back to what I knew. I remember in fifth grade where we had to show up and say what we wanted to be when we grew up. And for me, it was a doctor, if you remember. And so I'm like, okay, the first thing I can do that's going to make money and get me closer to that is being a nurse. So I went in to college. It was a nursing college. And they offered pre-med. They offered a variety of different degrees within the realm of biology and medicine. And so I went in for nursing. And the first two years was prerequisites that you had to complete before you could apply to nursing school. So I'm going to nursing school or college, I should say, because I wasn't really in nursing school yet. It was really just college taking prerequisites. And I'm having to take courses on anatomy and physiology, on psychology, on biology, and these topics that I'm just loving and falling in love with. I remember learning nutrition and just all these aspects of the body and the brain and how we work as human beings. And I was hooked. I mean, I really loved it. I became passionate about it, along with the fact that I had a child at this point. I had a whole new purpose in life. I was a wife. I was a mom. And watch out, world, here I'm coming, you know? And I made all A's. For the first time in my life, I was making all A's. And I felt like I'm finally accepted because my grades are what my dad wants them to be. I'm on my path to a career choice that my dad will certainly approve. I'm doing good in college. Everything's up for me. I got married. My past is restored, or so I thought, right? And so I'm going in this journey, and I felt so proud of myself. I felt like I finally was proving him wrong. But that's just it. Everything I was really doing was to prove him wrong. So shortly after this, like what little girl doesn't want to be a mom? And there are girls out there who don't, and that's perfectly fine too. But for me, I was a little girl that wanted to be a mom. I remember from the time that I was a little kid being like six or seven and seeing like two-year-olds, I was like, yes, I want to be nurturing and loving and caring. And so shortly after that, very shortly after, I was pregnant again and I gave birth to a little girl. And they were 15 months apart. So I was 19 with two children. My son was almost 16 months old, not even a year and a half fully yet, and I had a newborn. And I am doing all that I can, trying to move up in life. I remember we had the trailer. Then we rented this house that was really too big for us. And then we built a home that my dad had built. You know, he was a developer at the time. And Along with a couple of endeavors my dad had, he was a man of many talents and was very successful. One of his was developing neighborhoods across the parish, and one of them was a house that we had purchased and, you know, we were living in, and it was brand new. It was very nice, and to all outsiders looking in, we were living the life for sure. And then comes along even before I had my daughter, 
the opportunity to document my son, of course, and my daughter. As they are growing, I am photographing them and learning how to edit and coming back to that first passion I experienced in eighth grade with the dark room and like loving photography. Now it had a deeper meaning because I'm watching my child grow before my eyes in those photos. It's like a tangible way of connecting to what is no more. And so it's one thing to have photos of a couple years ago in our lives, but when we look at babies in the first year, oh my goodness, I just fell in love. And when that happened, I started to question everything. I mean, everything. Like here I am walking this perfect path, doing the perfect things, and I'm getting my dad's approval. I'm finally, you know, not having these massive arguments with my father and I'm moving on. And it's so interesting how the more conscious we become of ourselves and of our lives, at this point, I certainly was not obviously where I am today. My level of consciousness was not as expanded as it is today, but I was more conscious than I was in my teen years. That's for sure. And I even still was not conscious of how I was still following the ego and how I was still trying to be enough. I just thought that I was doing it. I thought I was living the life happily ever after. But when this idea of being a photographer came into my mind, I immediately repelled it. I was like, no way, because I'm going to be a doctor, right? So I remember also having my mom's friends and a few family members asking me to do photos. And it kind of, I got more recommendations from there, or I should say referrals. And they were paying me $35 a session. You know, I had a little point and shoot camera and I didn't really want to let anyone know that I was considering this as a career. And I remember there was a camera store. It's not around anymore, but it was called Kader's. And I would go in there to get my photos developed. Kind of crazy. Looking back, this was 2009. And this was the birth of my first business. There was a lady there who worked there. And every time I went, after so long, she knew my name because I was in there so much. And we would talk about cameras and talk about this and talk about that. And she was actually the one that only person in my life that supported me. And she wasn't even my family. She didn't even really know me, you know, aside from going in the store so often and us talking and getting to know each other that way. And I remember I really wanted to get my first DSLR camera. And I was showing, you know, we're always looking at my photos and talking about the things that I was trying to create or the look that I'm going for. And after so long, I realized, okay, I really need a DSLR camera, which is a little bit more professional than a point and shoot. <laughs> and she split the price with me. And it wasn't a small split. It was like $500. And she helped me get my first wedding. It wasn't one that I put in my portfolio, but it was my first wedding. And that was everything to me to have someone that believed in me in any way. And that's how you and I can know, even the people that we run into that may not be our closest friends and family, we still make a difference in those people's lives. And she really taught me that. She certainly made a difference in mine. So after some time, I finally had the boldness to go to my dad. I remember I was driving in the passenger seat and I'm like, okay, dad, 
I have to tell you something. You know, here I am, perfect child all of a sudden. Thank goodness. She's on the path to success. She's finally doing good and she's making good grades. And I tell him, okay, I think I want to be a photographer. And he's like, well, you would have better luck being an actress. And I just kind of sat back in my chair. I was like, okay. So I kept doing sessions and I kept pursuing this career. You know, I got an LLC within time. It was Marissa Lambert Photography. And I was doing it. I was doing it. But it was never at the time, at first, because of what my dad said and because I knew that I didn't have his support, I was ashamed to say I'm a photographer. Instead, it was like a hobby that I got paid for, but yet I was doing really good in college. In all of this, I want to leave you with what's to come. Everything sounds like it was going really good, right? Doing great. Got two beautiful, healthy babies. I'm married. Going to church on Sundays, y'all. I'm doing so good. Found this passion for photography. I'm even in shape with two kids. I'm like doing really good, right? But the thing is, shortly after this, everything falls apart. And that's where we'll pick up in chapter six is continuing this journey of my life. But we're going to end it here today. And I want to challenge you to think about how you are fulfilling standards or expectations of your upbringing, of your society. And many times we do this blindly because our brain looks around at what's possible And it only sees what's possible within permission we've been given, which also we give ourselves. So if we grew up and believed that, hey, you have to be married to have a child, we're going to follow that as best as we can. And if we don't, it will create feelings of smallness, of victimhood, of not being good enough, or whatever comes up, feelings that don't feel good. If we believe the only path to success is being a doctor or an attorney, then we're going to go that way. We're going to follow that path. I've had many clients who were from families on both sides who were doctors, and they follow that. And sure, that may be truly their calling, their purpose, their true fulfillment for them. But some of them, I'm sure, are doing so because the family has done so. And so really looking at society, the people around us, how we are brought up in this world, what beliefs were deposited into us that then we are operating out of. Because here's the question. When you fulfill the standards and the expectations of the world and those around you and your upbringing, is it actually fulfilling to you? Does it actually feel good? Have you ever denied yourself a dream because it didn't fit into your vision of what success was because of the standard and expectation of society, of your upbringing, the standard that has been set forth for you before you were able to decide your own choice of standard and expectation for yourself? This is the teaching moment of today's chapter of my life is 
everything that I was doing up until this point from the time I got pregnant up until this point of my story is all about fulfilling those standards and expectations to please my parents, to please what the church believed and what society as I saw fit for my life. And in that textbook perspective, I thought I was doing it all right. And I was going to deny any other dream that came up because, well, gosh, like this is the path to success. This is what I've been given. This is what I've been shown. And so this is what I'm going to do. And so right now is an invitation to reflect in your own life on where you made decisions based on the desire to fulfill other people or to fulfill other standards and expectations set forth for you. It's not a bad thing. It's really about the awareness of it. Because again, many of these decisions that I made led me to where I am today. So it's not a point of regret. It's a point of reflection and understanding and compassion for self. Because when we become aware of these points in our lives where we have fulfilled the standards and expectations of our upbringing of society and those around us, we can then see where we're doing it today or if we are led to do it in the future. Because that is where we can then pause long enough to make decisions that are in alignment with our soul. Because remember, if you haven't listened to the episode on building an authentic business that is truly yours and only yours that brings you ultimate fulfillment, a lot of that is abandoning what society shows you. It's abandoning the inner beliefs that come from ego. The ego is always going to say, you should do this, you should do that. Watch out. That's not a good choice because it's going to affect your identity and what people think of you. But the soul is always guiding us to our highest potential. And sometimes it might be a path that isn't the most traveled, that isn't what we were brought up with. And that's okay. But we have to be bold enough to recognize it and to make a choice that is for us and us alone. Remember, your opinion is the most important opinion. And it is in your awareness of where you may be taking actions that are to fulfill others' standards and expectations that you can then start to make more aligned decisions for yourself. I know that from today, you are going to continue to see different areas of your life where maybe you're making these decisions or acting a certain way and showing up a certain way to fulfill a certain standard and expectation. Be gentle with yourself on this journey of becoming more aware of yourself and the possibilities all around you. Because really, anything is possible for you, my friend. All of your wildest dreams can be even wilder and even more expansive because you are worthy and it's all absolutely possible for you. And today is a new beginning. Every day is, every moment is. And I can't wait to see what you create from today. I can't wait to hear the stories. And I am so excited for you to continue this journey of discovering who you are and creating a life that is truly, truly yours. I love and adore you. And I will see you next time here on The Marissa Morrison Show. 
Here we are again at the conclusion of another episode. I'm sending you a virtual hug, and I want you to know I am so proud of you for staying committed to your dreams. It's all possible, and it begins with you. If you'd like to discover more support, visit marissamorrison.net, where I have created opportunities for you to connect, expand, and to evolve into your greatest potential. Until next time, friend, I'm thinking of you and sending you all my love.